Let's travel the world together She can make it easy and in any kind of weather No TSA, no bad checks, no patting down She's talking from the skies and sending lives a feel-good sounds Oh, Betty, in the sky, have you heard her yet? She loves traveling, there's no doubt Betty and the Jets She's weird and wonderful Oh, Betty, she's a podcast queen She's wearing high heel shoes Got her wings on, too You know I've never seen a better stew Oh, Betty and the Jets Hello and welcome to Betty in the Sky with a Suitcase. I'm Betty. I'm a flight attendant for a major airline, and I bring you stories from the airplane, from the flight attendants and the pilots, and from traveling around the world. In this episode, we have stories about wings, lawyers, front lines, pilots, hummingbirds, legs and toes. Let's get on with the show. I know a girl named Betty who wears patent leather shoes. So I'm in a new closet. I've moved. I still have a bunch of boxes, but this is a new closet. I don't know if I'm going to keep using this closet. There's a downstairs closet. I don't know how the sound is in this closet. (laughs) Is there an echo? Can you hear the ceiling fans? Can you hear the air conditioning? I'll figure it all out. But uh, I've moved. So um, got a bunch of stories about moving. Uh, I'm going to start with the closing. Uh, I decided to use the same lawyer that I used 10 years ago when I first moved to South Carolina, and I figured, oh, I'm sure he won't remember me. What? We spent half an hour together 10 years ago? Uh, You know, so go to the closing. You know, everything gets a little stressful around there. And then I get there, and he says, uh, oh, I was so excited when I saw your name. I couldn't wait to see you again. And I went, Huh? <laughs> I'm thinking, what? I'm thinking, oh, okay. I'm thinking, well, maybe he says this to everyone. You know, I don't know. And um, then he goes, uh, well, don't you remember? And I'm thinking, no, I don't know what he's talking about. I mean, I was moving across the country at a big drive ahead of me. Um, uh, I think I had a lot going on. So when he was telling me this, I had like a sort of vague, recollection, but not really. So uh, I don't know what he's talking about. I'm thinking, we didn't go out on a date or something, did we? I don't remember that. <laughs> and we didn't, of course. Um, and then he goes, you remember you gave me your book? And I thought, huh, I gave him my book? I don't, I'm not actually a big self-promoter unless something comes up. I'm not going to go in to a stranger who I've never met before and say, hey, here's my book. Uh, so I was thinking, I gave him my book. How curious. And he goes, don't you remember? And I'm thinking, no, I don't remember. I'm not saying this, but I'm just smiling, thinking, I don't know what he's talking about. And he goes, remember, we talked on the phone. And I'm thinking, yeah, that was 10 years ago. We talked on the phone and uh, you said you were a flight attendant. And I'm thinking, all right, it's all plausible. And uh, he said, you said you were a flight attendant. And I said, this is the way you're talking. He said, um, Oh, I just heard this funny flight attendant on the radio. She was telling a story about putting toilet paper all the way down the airplane and then putting in the toilet and then flushing it and it goes all the way back. And I said, uh, yeah, that was me on the radio. And he was like, what? 
And I'm like, yeah, that was me. I had done a radio. I don't even remember what program it was. It could have been NPR, BBC. I don't know. He heard me on, I used to do more radio um, when I was more of a novelty of uh, somebody having a podcast. Now, everybody and their brother has a podcast. (laughs) But apparently, he was so impressed that he had just randomly heard this flight attendant on the radio, thought she was funny, and then I'm his client. And so because we had that conversation on the phone, that's why I gave him a book. So then it all made sense. It all clicked into place. (laughs) But I am in my new place, got boxes everywhere, not moved in. Uh, This closet's totally unorganized, but uh, it's done. And uh, I'm about to go back to work. So this is the last quote unquote pandemic podcast. (laughs) Uh, We should be getting back to normal with other Uh, flying and traveling stories and not stories about uh, me going to the grocery store or unpacking boxes, which aren't exactly entertaining. I'm just saying. (laughs) She says, hey, 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 to the vendor at Parkin 81st. I actually like this new closet. It's the first time recording in here. It's bigger than my other one. Uh, okay, this came from listener Steve. Thank you, Steve. He also sent me the photo for this episode. It's so nice when people send me stuff when I'm not flying or traveling. <laughs> I can use the content. Uh, but like I said, I'm going back to work, so I should be getting my normal content. Okay, so this is from listener Steve. It was in a newspaper. And the title is One Boy's Opinion of Pilots. The following was written by Tommy Tyler, 5th grade, Jefferson Grade School, Beaufort, South Carolina. It should be of interest to all airplane drivers. Remember, this isn't my opinion. This is One Boy's Opinion by Tommy Tyler. It's titled, Why I Want to Be a Pilot. When I grow up, I want to be a pilot because it's a fun job and easy to do. That's why there's so many pilots flying around these days. Pilots don't need much school. They just have to learn to read numbers so they can read instruments. I guess they should be able to read roadmaps, too, so they can find their way if they get lost. Pilots should be brave, so they don't get scared if it's foggy and they can't see, or if a wing or a motor falls off, they should stay calm and they'll know what to do. Pilots have to have good eyes to see through clouds, and they can't be afraid of lightning or thunder because they're much closer to them than we are. The salary pilots make is another thing I like. They make more money than they know what to do with. This is because most people think that plane flying is dangerous, except pilots don't because they know how easy it is. I hope I don't get airsick because I get car sick. And if I get airsick, I can't be a pilot. And then I'd have to go to work. I love it. And she sees the city glowing in the morning. I'm preparing to go back to work. You know, it's been a while. i got to get back in the work mode. And one of the curious things, my airline sent me an email saying, um, it wasn't to me, you know, it's a general company-wide email to the flight attendants, but it's like, um, if you catch the coronavirus while you're on a layover, you know, you're going to have to stay there for two weeks. So you might want to pack accordingly and bring any medications, vitamins, contact lenses. And I was like, oh, I hadn't thought about that. Yeah. So if you catch it somewhere during a layover, and I have a three-day layover coming up, um, 
You know, you got to you gotta bring a bunch of stuff because you might have to stay there a long time in a hotel room. I don't think anybody really wants to be sick in a hotel room without your refrigerator. And anyway, um, you know, it is what it is. And hopefully I won't catch it anywhere. But uh, it makes for a curious packing conundrum. I have this uh, three-day layover coming up in Ireland, which should be fun. Be kind of like my first trip after the pandemic. It's almost like a little paid vacation because the flights aren't very full. So um, they're not flying every day. So some of the layovers are longer, which would be kind of nice. You kind of hate to say anything's nice um, because of the virus. But, you know, certain things possibly are. Anyway, I looked at the crew to see who was going to be on this long trip with me. And um, there's a lady on there who I like her. She's quite senior and um, very Southern. And she kind of reminds me of like Scarlett O'Hara from Gone with the Wind. She used to be like a beauty queen, but she talks real slow and real Southern. And I'm not very good at accents, but I'm going to try to give you a um, try to do an impression. It'll probably be weak. <laughs> but uh, I've flown with her before. And uh, during the flight attendant briefing, she said, um, y'all, if you run into any problems with a passenger, um, you just come get me because I'll take care of it. I'll I will talk so slow that they will do anything to get rid of me. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. The moving was stressful. They always say moving stressful, but I kept thinking, well, I have some time and I'll be organized. And I still turned into a crazy person, like a crazy person, because uh, I... Wanted So after I closed, I had negotiated a week to move. So I thought I was doing good. A week sounds like a long time. But what I did was I got in the new place and I wanted to like, oh, I better clean. And then um, I did have movers, but I didn't. I made mistakes with this move. I didn't have them move enough. I should have had more stuff boxed up. Um, because then when I got in the new place, I wanted to rearrange furniture. So basically, my mistake was I spent too much time doing, I shouldn't have done anything to the new place. I should have just concentrated on getting the stuff out of the old place because I had a deadline. And you should always work on your deadlines first. You know, it's like a rule in life. <laughs> so then it was Tuesday and I had to be out by Thursday. And I realized I did not have enough time to get everything out of my old place with my little car. And, uh, I started getting crazy. I got a little manic. I was like, ah, I was just like, I was moving from like, I got up in the dark and then I was moving until like 10 p.m. And uh, I had thought I had all day on Thursday and I called my nice realtor and I said, can you check? I have all day on Thursday, right? And he's like, nope. The contract says you have to be out by 10 o'clock Thursday morning. And I was like, ah, ah. <laughs> I really was a crazy person, and I, I didn't make the deadline. I mean, I did. The only way I could do it, I had a bunch of plants. I didn't realize that movers don't move plants because they said it's too hot in the truck. They, they, they don't like the liability of all the plants dying. Anyway, I had a lot of plants to move, and I didn't make it. So what I did was I asked a nice neighbor a couple condos down from me. I'm like, can I put this? I'm like a crazy person. And like, I was seeing people as I'm moving boxes and stuff, and people are like, hey. And I'm thinking, hey, time to talk. <laughs> I want a deadline. I didn't say that. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> and so um, I asked the neighbor, I'm like, can I put, I'm like, 
it was so hot. You know, it's August in South Carolina. It was like 100 degrees and I'm moving and uh, the place that I was moving from, you can't get your car anywhere near. It's like you have to walk like three blocks to get to your car. So every load, I'd be like soaking wet and dirty and people, I'd run into me and they'd be like, hi. And I'd be thinking, I don't have time to talk. (laughs) Anyway, during all this craziness, sometimes you get an email that like really makes your day. And I got an email from DVK. And she said, I love your podcast. You're a total inspiration to me. A single gal enjoying life. It's at that point, I'm thinking, yeah, I'm like, moving boxes. But sure, I'm a single gal enjoying life. (laughs) And she wrote, I struggle with that at times. But listening to your stories gives me a lot of hope in humanity. And here I was crazy with the boxes. And I get this email that this girl, by listening to me, gives her a lot of Hope in humanity. <laughs> Fabulous. I know a wife named Betty who wears alligator boots. She stays out all night dancing and she This comes from listener Donna. Thanks, Donna. Uh, it's from CNN. Uh, and the article reads, We've all experienced frustration of being stuck on an airplane so close to the end of the journey, yet forced to wait while some technical problem is sorted out. Common sense stops most people from opening the doors themselves. (laughs) One passenger in Ukraine apparently decided the best course of action was to pop open the emergency exit and take a stroll on the aircraft's wing. I'm going to say that again. (laughs) One passenger in Ukraine apparently decided the best course of action was to pop open the emergency exit and take a stroll on the aircraft's wing. A one-minute-long video has emerged of the woman dressed in a white top and light pink trousers hanging out on the wing in front of stunned onlookers in Kiev before being summoned back on board by the airplane's crew. The unidentified passenger was traveling with her husband and children and was reportedly overheard saying she was too hot and needed to cool down. Okay, so you're going to cool down by opening the door and going out on the wing? Her unauthorized walk on the wing of the Boeing 737 has seen her banned from all future flights. According to a statement from the airline, airport security and police attended the scene along with doctors who determined the woman was not under the influence of alcohol or drugs. But she might have been having a hot flash. That's my opinion. (laughs) It's an extreme, extreme thing to do because you're hot. So, the Ukraine airline went on to criticize the passenger of setting an inadequate parental example, stressing that she might be subject to an extremely high financial penalty in a form of a fine. <laughs> so just as a lesson, if you're hot, don't open the airplane door and take a stroll on the airplane wing. And I remembered, you know, you run into all kinds of interesting people working on the airplane. And I was sitting in um, my jump seat in one of those jump seats where you're sitting directly across from a passenger. So sometimes you talk, sometimes you don't. Sometimes it's awkward. You look at them, you don't look at them. We're not allowed to have like your book or your phone out. So you don't really have anything to do but to look. (laughs) So it is actually nicer when somebody wants to chat because it gives you something to do and pass the time. And I was sitting there one day and there was a nicely dressed woman 
Uh, and she said, I think I said, what do you do? And she goes, oh, I work for the CDC, the Center for Disease Control. And um, I was like, oh, you know, that sounded interesting. And she goes, well, uh, let me tell you, if there's ever a pandemic, you guys are on the front line. And it was like, oh, gee, thanks. <laughs> she says, hey to her ballet she rolls in at 6 a.m. Here's a little clip from Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, one of my favorite podcasts. You can check it out on NPR.org. Comes from Maz Jobrani. Remember when summer could mean taking a trip out of town or even out of the country? Sure, it took a lot of effort to get your family to the airport, check them in at the counter, go through security, clear immigration, walk to your gate, wrangle the kids as they run in different directions, finally board the plane and buckle in for a long flight seated in an upright position. But it was all worth it because you were going to an exotic destination. Now, imagine all of that without the exotic destination. Welcome <laughs> to summer 2020 at Taipei's Songshan Airport, where travelers are being offered an airport tour called, quote, pretend to go abroad, end quote. Yes, since Taiwan locked down its borders in March because of the coronavirus pandemic, people have been stuck in the country and looking for things to do. The airport, having gone through a series of renovations and expansions in 2019, thought it would be fun to offer tour takers the chance to be the, quote, first to experience the new facilities, end quote. And it worked. In a sign of how desperate people are for entertainment, 7,000 people responded to a Facebook post from the airport's social media team, and 180 <laughs> people were chosen to enjoy the half-day tour. Part of the tour included boarding a China Airlines flight and just, well, sitting there. In-flight meals were not provided since the passengers were not really in-flight, but rather in-airport. Given how successful this tour has been, perhaps people will take a page out of Taipei's playbook and apply it to other pretend tours. Cruise line docks could do pretend to be an octogenarian tours. Taxi pickup stations could do pretend to risk your life in the backseat tours and bus stations could do pretend to run away from your family tours <laughs> a completely fake airplane flight a trip to nowhere with all the joys of going to the airport and getting on a plane and then getting right off I'd like to thank any of you who were so kind when you were going to buy something on Amazon. You went to my website, BettyInTheSky.com. It doesn't cost you anymore. You click through any of the links and it supports the show. And boy, I've had money going out the window with this move. It's like, oh my gosh. It's like all the stuff you have to fix, you know, um, and then all the stuff you realize you need to buy. And then you think, realize, oh, wait a minute, there's no light at all in this Carolina room. So I got to get a bunch of floor lamps. Anyway, uh, I'm going to be doing some shopping, <laughs> some serious shopping. But here's, I like to see what people buy when they click through my website. And this past month, somebody bought the cannabis book, How to Succeed in Weed. <laughs> Great title. Uh, Hanky Panky Moonflower Thong Underwear. <laughs> and Frida Kahlo making herself up. Somebody even bought my latest book, The Tar Pack, the book for the tar collection, a power trip through Ecuador and Laos. And I have to give you an update. Uh, I finished the audiobook, like I told you in the last podcast, and I had uploaded it. And then I got a, wah, wah, wah. they emailed me back saying the 
It was too loud. I didn't have enough time at the beginning, at the end. There's noise in the background. Uh, I'm going to try to fix it. I don't want to redo the whole thing. It takes, it's like such a giant project. I don't want to redo it. And I did it the same way I did the other ones. Anyway, I'm going to try to fix that. I just had to put it on the back burner with the move, especially since I was so crazy moving person. I'll get back to the audiobook once I get this podcast out. But anyway, thank you so much. If you're going to Amazon, consider going to my website, BettyInTheSky.com. Click through, and I thank you so very much. Betty likes to watch the city wake up as the sun glides through the sky. So we had a hurricane coming, and, uh, you know, the association, because I'm in a condo, is like, bring everything in from outside that could be like a projectile, because it's going to be really strong winds. And, you know, I'm trying to be doing my due diligence to be a good condo owner and I have a big shepherd's hook and I have a bird feeder and a hummingbird feeder and the the hummingbirds man they I think there's just two of them even though it's hard to say there could be four and I can't tell the difference but to me it seems like two of them but they're there constantly and I enjoy seeing them and it's just they're so cute (laughs) I like hummingbirds anyway took down the shepherd's hook was bringing in all the stuff that could be flying around and uh but it's still nice out right and uh these hummingbirds they're like confused hummingbirds. They're like, you can see them. They like hover, like look left, right, look right. Like where'd it go? What's going on? What, what, what the F? <laughs> Where's the juice? You know, they're like drug addicts. They're like, oh no, oh no, what, what's going on? And they kept, cause I'm at my desk working and I can see them coming in and it's like, they're like thinking, did it move? Where is it? Where is it? But it's not even just the hummingbirds that were, um, upset (laughs) that the juice was gone. I have these bugs. I don't know what kind of bugs they are, but they drink that hummingbird nectar also. And then there's a lizard. And somebody, uh, I had posted a picture on Instagram of the the lizard drinking out of the hummingbird feeder. And somebody said, oh, that's not good for them. And it's like, well, do you think I can tell the lizard, hey, man, that's not good for you. (laughs) I don't think it'd go over very well. And in my new place, I was slightly concerned. I was like, I had cultivated my hummingbirds and all these birds. <laughs> you know, am I going to have them in the new place? And sure enough, I put that shepherd's hook up and the they must have talked to each other <laughs> because I had all kinds of birds and multiple hummingbirds within an hour. And uh, even one of my neighbors, my new neighbor said, oh, maybe the new girl put out a hummingbird feeder. Because when I saw her, she goes, did you put out? I All of a sudden, I'm seeing all these hummingbirds out back. And I was like, yes, I've got hummingbirds. I've got new hummingbirds. She knows that she could lie Now, I might get emotional in this story. We'll see. But I found a letter that my mother, my mother's been gone for decades, but I found a letter that my mother wrote to the house that I grew up in uh, when she was leaving in 1999. And um, it brought up a lot of emotions because, you know, when you're moving, um, I really liked my other place, you know, and there's things you're going to miss and you sort of get attached to where you're living and I'm going to miss some of the neighbors, especially one <laughs> um, and my, miss, miss my view. And, you know, there's just certain things. So here's the letter that my mother wrote to the house that I grew up in, and it's titled Tribute to a House. Dear House, 
We came to you, a young couple, in 1957, carrying an infant, leaving six at the Alcrone house, with three yet to come, brand new. We came, thrilled and eager, loving your space and the bigger yard, and the window on the landing. We did take care of you, for plaster was falling and porches strained. We lowered ceilings, tried paneling. We covered the fireplace and put a door from the living room to the dining room and floors throughout the years, even an artistic mom doing pictures with the bathroom tile. Then we really spruced you up with a new roof and siding. We planted everything from avocado seeds, fruit trees, trees from luncheon milk cartons, roses, flowers, tomatoes galore, and even tall corn. Grandma Cleo and Uncle Eddie were one-time guests. Animals came to the house, dogs and cats, one West Virginia one named Wheeler Bell, a raccoon, strange birds, gerbils. Some tried music. Piano, guitar, violin, girls danced to songs on a special big stereo. We got us a shower. Things were made, leather, cross-stitch, and a kayak. Everything could be found parked out front. A car, a truck, three Volkswagen bugs, one big van too late to have everyone ride in altogether. But not before, a genuine limousine, a motorbike in the hall, and then a three-wheel bike that made a daily run to Kroger's to the enjoyment of the neighbors. People left the house to go many places, work, school, college, to fish in Canada, to travel the world. One left in stealth to go to Berkeley, left as brides, left to church. Kids left to play at night, to the rosary, went to the hospital, went to court, went to bicycle to Alaska, even to the pages of the Guinness Book of World Records. People came to the house. A professor, a priest, nuns, authors, boyfriends, girlfriends, doctors, lawyers, authors, a mayor. You hosted big Christmases, endless birthday cakes, and the years passed till finally Betty and Mom pulled away for the last time with a fond look back in 1999. Thanks, dear old house, for a heap of living. If the sound is a little weird in my new closet, I'll have figured it out by the next podcast and maybe I'll use another closet or uh, maybe I need to be downstairs. But anyway, uh, it's funny. I have been off since the end of March, so I actually spent more time in my old place than I've ever spent since I lived there for 10 years, and I actually got to know some of my neighbors better, and I even, so funny, so stupid, my age, I even developed a crush. (laughs) Maybe it was a pandemic crush on one of my neighbors, and he would go to the pool around the same time I would, and I would find myself, like, uh, skipping to the pool. (laughs) And be uh, a little sad when he wasn't there. And uh, he was so cute. I uh, He'd always, uh, I'd get there and he'd be like, you're late. Like we had an appointment at the pool, which we never did. So I can't be late if I don't know what time I'm supposed to be there. Anyway, I'm always telling you this because uh, this next story was at the pool. And uh, the guy that I thought was cute and I were the only two people at the pool. And one of the uh, workers who works for the management company of that place uh, came to use the bathroom at the pool. And we both said hello to him because he's very friendly, the nicest guy in that organization. And uh, I said to him, I said, wow, you're 
your hair's gotten really long because he's kind of bald on top and then had hair on the sides. But in the last, I don't know, few years, his hair is now down to his shoulders, like almost like a girl's hair. And um, and he has some on top. And I just said, wow, your hair has really grown. So now like I'm sitting at a pool chair, the cute guy's sitting at a pool chair, and he's uh, like at, almost at the other side of the pool. But then he starts saying, uh, he gets all animated. And he goes, oh, guess what? He said, I've been bald for 30 years. And now look, I've got all this hair coming on the top of my head. And so sure enough, he comes closer and he's got not just peach fuzz, he's got hair on the top of his head. And then the hair, the rest of his hair is like full and girl-like. <laughs> it's a bad word to say. But anyway, uh, he said, get this. I was doing some work for a lady and she was telling me, you know, you don't take care of yourself and you don't drink enough water. And uh, she would make lunch for him. And every day at lunch, she'd give him a multivitamin. And uh, she even gave him a bottle of the multivitamins to take with him. And she's like, you don't take care of yourself. You take one of these every day. And he said, guess what? Those vitamins made my hair grow. And we're both sitting there like, huh? And he said, guess what? They're Kroger brand multivitamins for women over 50. And he's a guy. <laughs> and he said, I think it's because it's for women over 50 and he's not over 50. Uh, I don't know. Maybe he is. Uh, but uh, he said, look, look at my hair. It's grown hair on my head. And so uh, the cute guy's bald also. And he was kind of like, let me see this. <laughs> he goes to look and he's like, what do you know? He's got a bunch of hair growing on the top of his head. And he said, and I got all these brothers. And I told them and only a few of them tried it. But the ones that have tried it have hair growing on the top of their head that was co totally completely bald. And we were both thinking this was a funny story. And then he goes, but get this. <laughs> he goes, I was at one of the properties that has an elevator. And I get in the elevator with this guy. And the guy goes, oh, I've been wanting to see you. Wait till you see this. And he starts to take off his shoe. And now this guy's going, why is he taking off his shoe? And he takes off his shoe and he goes, look at this. You told me about those vitamins that for women over 50, and this guy's like in his 30s and he's a guy. And he said, I started taking those Kroger vitamins for women over 50. By the way, not a sponsor. Wish I had a sponsor. Anyway. <laughs> And he said, look at my toenails. He said, I never wanted to wear sandals. I was always so embarrassed. I always had these little tiny, terrible looking toenails. And since I started taking those vitamins that you told me to take for women over 55, look at my beautiful toenails. And the guy looks and his toenails look really good. And he goes, I could be a foot model because of you. This comes from listener M. Thank you, M. They wrote, uh, I was working a flight in Orlando. An older woman was checking in for her flight, and the customer service agent asked for her passport, and the woman handed the agent two passports, but she was alone at the counter. So the agent asked her where her husband was, and she replied, Oh, He's between my legs. I was standing there next to the agent, and the agent looked at me with that, here we go again, look, like she's crazy. <laughs> her husband's between her legs. They both looked over the top of the counter, and sure enough, he was between her legs in an urn. 
He had passed away in the States, and she was taking him home for burial. I doubt the poor woman ever realized what she said would be interpreted another way. Well, that's about it for this episode of Betty in the Sky with a Suitcase. I hope you'll join me again next time so we can travel around the world together. Thanks. Bye. Bye.